Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, welcome to Spin the Rally Pod. I'm Lisa Rose Sullivan, your humble rally fan. And it's something a little bit different today on the podcast because I'm joined by the Women in Motorsport coordinator for Dirtfish.com, Josie Rimmer. Now, this is the woman who was behind all the magic of Dirtfish's awesome Women in Motorsport Month. And if you haven't checked it out on Dirtfish.com, you can go back and at your leisure, enjoy all the content that was generated from the Women in Motorsport Month. And there was one woman who was responsible for sticking this right at the top of the agenda, supported by the rest of the team at Dirtfish.com, which I was delighted to see. But Josie Rimmer, boy, sitting in your swivel chair thinking, hmm, what shall I do? I've got some ideas. Swivel, swivel, swivel. That was quite some uh, quite some success, the Women in Motorsport Summit. The Dirtfish Women's Summit. I've got the title completely wrong. It's okay. Um, it, well, the thing is that when you have 12 different things going on, there are 12 different names running around too. But yes, it was Dirtfish Women's Month with the Dirtfish Women in Motorsport Summit smack in the middle of it. <laughs> Perfect. And and the summit. Well, first of all, let's talk about women in motorsport. Let's let's. First of all, I, I am going to beat David Evans up because he is very supportive of all these projects, but he forgot to tell me <laughs> that it was happening. And it's like, you, you didn't think that you might want to flag up that this was going to be happening, David, before launch day. Right. Well, you know, it's OK. We can add that to the list of reasons to, to be mad at David. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> uh, it's quite a long list, actually. We might have to get a new book for that one. We love you, really, Beckham. Honestly, we do. Um, the Women in Motorsport Initiative was something that the FIA started up, and I'm thinking it was 13 years ago. It was around about 13 years ago. And at the time, as uh, as often the case of being a woman in a men's workplace, there was an element of, oh, I wonder if that'll be any good, mixed with, is there any point for something like that, along with, does it really matter? Which I'm sad to say, kind of 13 years al- along, and knowing that these things do matter, yes, there is a point, and it is really good. But 13 years along, I still keep hearing the same things coming back to me, although things do seem to be stepping forward. How much of a challenge was it for you to embrace the Women in Motorsport Month initiative on Dirtfish.com and how much support did you get for it? Yeah. Um, well, first off, within Dirtfish, everyone was ready to go. Um, the moment that the idea was thrown out of, of doing something for Women's Month, whatever it was going to turn into, the team at Dirtfish was gung-ho from the get-go. Um, I think we've got incredible team members who have known that this is something that's been needed in the community for for years and years and years um you know long before the days of Michelle Mouton and since the days of Michelle Mouton so internally the conversation immediately was positive and exciting and really looking forward to the prospects of how big we could make it and 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 how large of a splash we could have um i'll say that 98% of our response to women's month was wonderful it was you know people 
people were excited to see representation. They were excited to have the opportunity to come to Dirtfish in person, participate in one of our all women's classes, come for the, the summit, or, you know, just following along online. We've got a, a huge international audience who was able to keep up day to day through our articles and our videos and all of our online content, um, as well as joining for the live stream, the Zoom of um, the summit panel itself. So 98% of the response was, was wonderful and inspiring. Um, and of course, there are the some people who make themselves known who don't see the purpose, like you said, um, think that we're, we're excluding people, um, say that it's worthless, say that there's no reason for it. Um, so of course, that's hard to, to manage. But when you have thousands of other people sharing how important this month is for them, you know, that tends to, to outweigh the rest. It's quite interesting, I think, when some people knock it on the head and say, well, really, is it is it necessary? Is it, um, why, why do we need something like this? And they kind of forget elements like... Uh, women in a household are, are most likely to be making the buying decisions. They're most likely to be in charge of the budgets. So women are key spenders and women enjoy motorsport. Women enjoy sport and they want to participate in sport, but sometimes there is no gateway in. And this is, I think, one of the things that women in motorsport has done very well over the last 13 years, that it has uh, shown young women and girls that they can be a mechanic. They can be designing cars. They can be working as part of the, the rally school team. They can be working behind the wheel. They can be in the passenger seat calling the pace notes. They can be running the teams. They can be right up there with all of these decisions that it's not as, and I'm, I'm, I, I know this is a, a, a weird phrase to use, but someone called um, described them as hosties, that basically a woman's job used to be to roll on the lycra and stand around by the car, trying to make the car look a little bit prettier. Yeah, absolutely. Those days have gone, I think. <laughs> I, <laughs> for the most part, yes. Um, I have had the experience of walking around a service park and being asked if I was the umbrella girl. So, you know, a <laughs> mixed reaction there, but you're, you're totally right. Um, we have women in all of these roles. And, you know, when I started at Dirtfish, I was writing, um, you know, and I still am writing articles for them. Um, but from the beginning, I said that I wanted to only be writing articles about women in motorsport. And I asked to do that because growing you know, I was lucky enough to grow up in the world of, of rally and of motorsport. And I saw women, but I, I even felt like there was a lack of like female resource and like, and, and there was no easy way to, to find the women that were doing these amazing things. Um, and so it makes you feel like no one's doing it. Like there are no female, you know, drivers or, or crews or techs or, or media, you know, whatever it is. Um, but as soon as I started looking for women to write articles on, there were women everywhere. You know, as soon as I started looking, they were all over the service park, in cars, out of cars, under helmets. Um, and that was one of the most enlightening moments for me. And what I what I think we, we being the whole rally community, the whole motorsport community, something that we've failed at historically is representing women in motorsport in our in our media um, appropriately and, and giving them the proper credit that they deserve and that they've worked for, you know? Um, sometime, one time a female co-driver was referred to as a, another driver's co-driver's wife rather than just saying her name you know <laughs> 
So she had to be validated. Way, she had to be um, right. Yeah. yeah, you know these people, and therefore you can you're worthy of being talked about, right? Um, so anyway, to go back to to your point, is representation was was top of the list for us when we started Women's Month. You know, um, women are doing these things, and it's our job to to show that. So you had this swivel chair moment of thinking more. We need to do more. How did you go about setting up what you wanted to achieve during March? Yeah, um, to be honest, I mean, Women's Month sort of, it was like this this beast that kind of built itself. Um, it, it, a good beast, a good beast. But, you know, it sort of started with, um, I'm writing these Women in Motorsport articles, and the response that we were getting from those alone was so incredible that it just felt like this was an appropriate time for us to, to do something more, to, to take another step. Um, you know, Dirtfish is really committed to, to stepping into this role as, as, a, as a promoter of women in motorsport. Yeah. Um, you know, culturally, socially, we're, we're ready for it. We should have been ready for it long ago. But, um, you know, in order for us to have a bigger impact, we have to choose to, to start somewhere. Um, so, yeah, you know, the swivel chair moment was kind of funny. And, and the first woman in motorsport sport meeting wasn't even designated a woman in motorsport meeting you know I just sat down with a with a couple of folks within the company and you know asked what we could be doing um you know I, I have this google doc that's like 12 pages of like short-term ideas and long-term ideas and permanent ideas and temporary love ideas love it so um, we just kind of toyed around with all of that. Um, but like I said, the, su- the support from within Dirtfish was, was quick and, and strong. Um, you know, Michelle Miller is one of our senior instructors and she's been at Dirtfish for eight years now, you know, so she's, and she's been the only, fe- our only female instructor for seven of those, seven and a half of those years, you know? So for her, like she's been ready for this project since the day that she walked in. Um, and we've got some other incredible women in the building. You know, we've got Sammy Dallas, who is our director of operations. And we've got Kelly Clausen Walters and Xander Lorenzo, who are up, you know, in our office crew. Um, so we've got Kendra Miller, who is our new female instructor in training. Um, so just really, really exciting people who are really excited about this project. Um, and then it sort of went from there. The, the priorities that I knew from the get-go were, we want to create a space where we can get new women into motorsport you know women who maybe have heard of dirtfish locally and and kind of want to go but have had some something holding them back um and then we wanted to you know um amplify the voices of the women who have been doing it um so that that was the foundation of of our plans definitely so you say kind of roping going local first before you rule the world and go global um bit by bit um how did you go about that then so how do you kind of lure out these dirt fish that are sitting around uh, part of the community but perhaps not being able to get hands on so the, because the... quite often with and i know this is this is true of rallying across anybody who is a rally fan will say well you know budgeting finances and stuff like that it is usually even harder for women to find the financing that they need to embrace the sport that they usually love yeah exactly um well you know our first plan was let's have an all-women's driving day we're just going to take a date on our calendar that's not yet full we're going to change it to be an all-women's driving day 
Um, and it's like you said, we kind of needed, there was a reason to make it special. Like there was reason to give it a, a discount and there was reason to cr go crazy promoting it on social media. Um, a bigger cultural reason than just like, hey, we're running this deal. So yeah, we did our first all women's driving day, uh, promoted it at 15% off and it sold out within an hour. So, wow. you know, I ran over to, to the office of, of our sales guy and our, and our CEO and I said, can we do another one? <laughs> So There's a market it, for this. Right, right. And people and I, want to spend their money with us. <laughs> <laughs> right? And and that's the thing too is the classes will fill. Whether or not it's a women's day or one of our typical programs, the class is going to fill. So why not provide a special or a unique experience, you know, that can really leave women feeling empowered and, and confident in their in their new skill. Um, so we added a second date to the calendar, also 15% off, sold out in an hour. So then we added two more programs. One was an invitation only. Um, and that one was was sort of cool because what I really wanted to do with that class was invite in women who are in the motorsport community already, but who were not drivers. So to give the opportunity to a woman who is constantly surrounded, you know, by the, by the rally world in that community, but who hasn't maybe gotten the chance to actually get behind the wheel and, and drive themselves. So that was a really amazing day. And then our, our fourth and final class, um, again, sold out in, in a few days. So And with that, then you've got this basis of, um, you know, you, you've, you've planted the seed and now, now it's budding basically at this point that there is definitely something in this women in motorsport thing. How did you then build on that to the to get to the summit side of things? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, yeah, like you mentioned, we saw the need immediately, you know, um, and the responses that we were getting. And we had wait lists for every single one of these programs. So we, you know, we knew that we hadn't run out of women who were interested. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the idea for the summit was that I, again, going back to representation, that's been a priority for me this, this whole time. Um, and what, you know, I, like I said, I sat down with some of the other women in the company and we just discussed, like, what did we want? You know, what do we want from, from women in motorsport? What do we wish we could have seen? Um, and one of those things was talking, having them speaking, <laughs> you know? So the idea... <laughs> The idea for the panel came um, pretty quickly. I, I think I just wanted to get, you know, use our stance as Dirtfish Rally School, use the the beautiful setting that we have and, and the powerful people that we have and use that as a draw to get some of the world's top women in motorsport involved. And how cool would that be if we could have them in Dirtfish headquarters with an audience yeah. and, and have them engage that way? Um, so I'm very, very grateful to be so close and I'm so lucky to be so personally close with Rianne and Gelsomino. Um, she co-drove. Oh, we love Ray. Oh, she's <laughs> the best. Um, she, you know, co-drove for my brother one year. Unfortunately, they had a really bad accident, but um, we've been, you know, sisters ever since. So she really, really helped me get this part off the ground, like to get women at Dirtfish. Re was, in, you know, instrumental to that. Um, and that's the other thing that I think was so cool in planning all of this women in motorsport or planning this women's month was that women are so excited to help each other. You know, I planted yeah. one seed in Re, and she called everyone she knew. <laughs> and then they called everyone they knew. And of, then we have... The, you know, the likes of Sarah Price and Emma Gilmore's calling in from New Zealand and the blocks are there and we've got local rallyists, you know, the Tabers and Karen Jankowski and we've got women who are running motorsport businesses, Donna Kitch and Chrissy Wells. 
So it's it was just so quick to turn into this whirlwind. Um, kind of moving one of our superpowers as women that we do know how to talk. And we generally know how to talk to each other in a yeah. way that we like and we want to do more of. And in a productive way, you know, I mean, like in every single one of these all women's classes, I walk into the classroom. All these women have had five minutes to, to talk and they're exchanging business cards. They're saying my my business can help you in this realm and you can help me there and maybe we can partner you know like the, the That's so different from any so it's so different from my experience of going to anything in motorsport and being one of the few women there right. and you walk into a room where there'll be a couple of people who know each other chatting and everybody else is looking down at their notepads exactly quiet and you kind of like just creepy thing why it's why isn't anybody talking to anybody exactly yeah you you totally understand because of course you've been in those spaces over and over and over again. <laughs> over and over again. They are getting better. I do think they are. I mean, I was lucky enough recently, I was working in China for the Olympic Games and the Paralympic Winter Games. And the team that I was working with, I was working as a commentator and there were a large, there were more men than women, as there is. Um, the uh, employment, the, the company I was working for, the Olympic Broadcasting Service, is actively trying to get more women behind the microphones, which is brilliant, which gave me the opportunity to go out there, which I'm forever grateful to, for. Uh, absolutely amazing. But the interesting thing was that the men that I was working with were very feminine in their outlook because all talking for a living, all very keen to share skills, to share tips. It was a very safe environment as a freelancer to be working in because we weren't competing with each other. Nobody was trying to score points off anybody. And it was a very, I want to say, a very feminine space because... There was there was no willy waving going on effectively. You know, it was just it was about doing the job, doing the job well and seeing if you could help your your co-workers and stuff out. But all of it basically came down to the fact that everybody was talking to each other. I mean, we talked a lot. <laughs> but you're, but you're right. Like and beyond it being just, you know, just talking, women have this incredible ability to connect. And I think that typically we have this inherent desire to see each other succeed. Um, yeah. And yeah, in that space in that space that you're (laughs) that you're talking about you know when that's the goal of any room no matter who is in the room when that's the goal to help each other succeed you're going to move light years beyond what you would have you know staring at your phone (laughs) or being competitive or wanting to be the best one there or whatever it is and I think also the rallying is one of those sports where yes you want to beat everybody you want to win you want to be top of the podium but to do that you have to be your best so it is about competing against the course like golf you're not playing against other people. You're playing against the course. You're playing within your own skill set. You, you, you want somebody else to pick up a puncture and lose time, but you still have to be fast. You know, you, yeah. it's, it's, it's pushing yourself to be the best. Yeah. And that's what Michelle Mouton talks about so much. She's like, it was never my goal to be, you know, the world champion necessarily. She just says, I wanted to be really fast. You know, I, I wanted to prove to myself that I could do this. Um, and it was out of that that she won a world rally championship. It wasn't her constantly comparing herself to everyone. She also has this quote of um, being a woman in the sport wasn't the hard part. Being a driver is the hard part. And that's hard for everybody driving, you know. And that's one of the beauties of, of rally is that there's it's one of the few sports where there's no gender divide. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, I guess I'm hesitant about some of the all women's race series um, now, and and I won't get too far into that. No, but I think no, my- but I, I think that is that that is that's a subject up for discussion. But I think it does 
the the all women series does give more women an opportunity to compete in a you know opens up the opportunities to yeah, actually get behind the wheel. Absolutely. I think so that's what we were trying to do. That was our entire goal with having the all women's classes is let's create a space where, you know, again, if there's a woman sort of feeling hesitant about doing it, of course it's daunting to walk into a room where there are nine men in there, you're the only women, and egos are through the roof and everyone's a professional in quotes. Oh, and, and there'll always be a couple who are ready to chuck in some comments that exactly. will make you feel that you're an imposter right. or that or, or will all be designed to make you feel uncomfortable. Exactly. So why not create a space? Where Even they... if we have got our big girl pants on. <laughs> Which we always do. Always do. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, why not create a space to where none of that exists, you know? And, and so for us, it's less about making it a... We're not looking into making all-female competition because we think, and personally, I think that... Competition is competition. Competition, competition. It's like, you know, when, when you put the helmet on, no one knows who you are. Um, and I think that that's one of the beauties of, of Rally that we should not pull away from. Um, but having creating all-female spaces for training and for learning and for engaging at, at the intro level, I think that's vital to getting women into the sport. I'm going to go back to Michelle Mouton because I can listen to her speak for months and weeks. You know, I want to hear all the stories, all the tales. Um, and if you haven't heard them, you can go back and listen to the Dirtfish interview with Michel Mouton on the website, still there, clickable. Also, the interview with Penilla Solberg as well, which, again, is it's revelatory for someone who's grown up in a country where there have always been traditional male and female roles. Penilla talks very interestingly about growing up in Norway, where it didn't matter if she was a girl, that she was out playing in cars from an early age, you know, fixing them up, racing them or in the, you know, being in the, the co-driver's seat. It, it, again, I've spoken to, you know, I've, I've listened to Penilla before and I, I've heard it before, but listening to that, the way that she describes her life experience of growing up without gender bias and anything's possible it just feels like nirvana, you know, just you are judged on who, on how good you are or who you are, not whether you've got breasticles or not. Yeah, exactly. And Pernilla is incredible because she's she's pretty much done everything within the within the driving world. You know, <laughs> she's she's taken a stab at, at most things. You I mean, know, she, she, grew, she... she grew up in a motorsport family. She married a rally driver. Her son is a rally driver. Exactly. Uh, she's been the, the the team boss for a rally team. Exactly. I mean, she hasn't stopped there yet. She's been a co-driver. No, and she's she's currently team manager. Like she, yeah. you know, she's done it all. She and she's a beautiful representation of the ability for women to take up other roles in the motorsport community. You know, you 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 know, of course, before it used to be like you're a woman, you can be the umbrella girl. But now it's it's not even just, yeah, okay, women can drive and women can co-drive. Now it's, you, you can do anything, you know? Um, and being a team manager, arguably, is one of the most challenging roles <laughs> in the motorsport community. Um, and she's she's doing it and she's succeeding, in, in, you know, on incredible levels. It's very different as well, I find, when you have women higher up in the hierarchy because the conversations are different, but the same. They, I don't, it's not, I mean, it's not always going to be the case. Obviously, I'm making big general generalizations here but I do find that when women are involved in a conversation there's different elements brought to the conversation that people see things differently so to go back to the way that I was working in China at the Olympics mm -hmm. and somebody pointed it out to me which I hadn't been aware of um, I was commentating on a sport I hadn't done before speed skating mm -hmm. and my co-commentator is very used to calling um, races you know and he's Australian that and he's, his format is very traditional of, of how to call the race 
this, this is how you do it, blah, blah, blah. And I was very interested in that. I was also interested in the, the actual bite and, bite and glide that you have to try and get as much. It's, I mean, it's very much like rally driving, speed skating. It's all about having the right amount of traction to give you as much speed as possible to get around the circuit, you know, and uh, stay out in front and you know, you have this this magnificent moment where you're seeing them going around the corners at 50, 60 kilometres an hour and looking like they're putting no effort in, but it's all about the grip that they've got and, you know, how they've how they've set their engine up, you know, or how they've set the, the blades up on, on the skates. Um, but I was also interested in the stories behind, pe- um, behind the skaters as well. Um, also about the fact that, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but if you're speed skating, you have to wear Kevlar in your suit because the blades are so sharp that you can bleed out really quickly. So you have to have Kevlar around your oh artery gosh. points. And on the, the, the official website for the sport has a, a map of the, the human body and kind of in red, the bits where you need the most Kevlar. So kind of the, your femoral arteries and your aorta, obviously, you know, they need to be, need oh to be protected. So, it, I'm, you know, again, very much like, like covering rallying because yeah. it's, it's dangerous. <laughs> it, it has inherent danger. You could die doing your sport. Yeah. But the somebody came. Um, the, the critique that we we had coming back was that I brought something different to the commentary because I wasn't doing it in the traditional. This is how we do it. That's how we do it. That's do it. I was coming at it from a slightly different point of view, and it was proving very popular with the people that were following the sport who'd followed it for a long time because they were seeing it with a different way. And and kind of my point is that the more that we get women rising through the organisations and to different levels within motorsport and motorsport teams. There will be different elements there and it it will probably be for the best. Yeah, um, I think obviously I hold a lot of value in the classics and in the in the, you know, for lack of a better word, the traditional side of rally only because, you know, my dad grew up in rally and, and, you know, it's exciting, isn't it? It's like the 80s. It's all new romantics and gloss and and fabulousness. And we just stumbled upon a rally in in the UK a few months ago, um, a few weeks ago that, you know, you walk in and it's a sea of classic escorts and I was just like the happiest little camper you know (laughs) bopping around but I completely agree with you um you can't expect anything to further develop or modernize or become innovative if you don't change the the voices sometimes or at least include more voices more perspectives yes Um, and diversity that's one thing as well that that I think rallying is really missing at the moment it's still very white absolutely I mean the the phrase male stale and pale you know it's fine but it, it it needs more it needs your word more yeah and that's what we've i mean we've we we talked about that the whole planning of women's month that was something so far at the forefront of my mind because the question then is how do we make rally accessible because you can tell by the population that is currently engaged in motorsport there's a certain type of person that is accessible to and that's just the way it's been historically so how do we use our like our you know our power and our privilege and our um you know status wherever we are um especially being in the pacific northwest um seattle is quite diverse but but a lot of washington is not so um you know balancing all of those all of those topics it's totally true and and i i've really tried to you know i'm also speaking as a privileged white woman just to be very clear (laughs) um but you know we really did try to diversify the panel and and everything not just for the sake of saying that we did it but for the sake of there are women every kind of woman 
is somewhere in this motorsport community. But obviously, um, we being the motorsport community as a whole has not yet done a good enough job of actively pulling or act, you know, creating an accessible space for anyone who's interested to join. Looking back, because we have a little bit of distance between uh, there, you've probably got some sleep now, had some sleep. <laughs> Although I suspect you're probably already planning for next year. Um, looking back, what do you think you think went particularly well and what would you like to change? Well, something that I really, really found valuable was the lunch with the pros. So we actually started our summit day with the lunch with the pros. And that was an, it was a ticketed event um, with the money being raised going to the Jesse Combs Foundation. Um, Could you explain that to perhaps people on this side of the pot, uh, people outside who don't know what the Jesse Combs So Jesse Combs um, was a was an incredible um, motocross uh, racer. And she really delved into all facets of of the motorsport world, you know, in that sense. Um, And so she unfortunately passed a few years ago. Um, But in her honor, her um, in her honor, a foundation was created called the Jesse Combs Foundation. And there it's a nonprofit. Their goal is to um, empower young women to get into male dominated sports. So it's not specific to rally or even motorsport at all. It's just, you know, it's what we're trying to do, too, is create a path for for young women to you know have access to and a path for them to be able to take to get into a sport that they might not be getting much encouragement to engage in otherwise so that was really powerful um to be aligned with them at all um and then the lunch with the pros was amazing because it was Sarah Price, Ryan and Gelsomino, and again, Emma Gilmore called in from New Zealand. Um, and it was like, t- I believe we had 14 women who signed up for this event and they all just got to have lunch together. And it was just a really small and intimate setting where you got to ask the questions that you've been dying to ask, um, you know, one-on-one. So that was a really powerful one. But to be honest, the most powerful moment was I was sitting, you know, on the end of the panel um, watching these women talk and I'll be completely honest, I was worried that no one was going to show up. <laughs> I was, <laughs> you know, you can ask David. I was running so around like, panicking. They're going to buy a ticket to, to humor you, but they just won't bother coming. Right. <laughs> It was so I I was, you know, riddled with anxiety that no one was going to show up. And that's a female trait, too. You know, we just worry about everything. But um, nine women are sitting on the panel. Emma Gilmore's on the screen. And on the other side of the room, we're pulling in chairs because every seat's full. And then people are coming in and it's standing room at the back. And then King 5 News Station, which is a local Seattle news station, shows up with a camera. So it's like I was just sitting there, like almost brought to tears because the energy in the room was just so strong and so um, centered and focused in female accomplishment, which we don't tend to put much focus on. No, we all play it down, don't we? Exactly. And we do it to ourselves all the time. Like, you know, I'm weightlifting. I like lifting weights. And I, every single time I set a new record, a new personal best, I go, I know it's only blah, blah, blah. You know, like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So we do that. Just, just, my mum does that. My mum produces the most amazing. My mum's eighty three. She has the most. She's a brilliant cook, and she'll she'll lay out this feast that the family will will tuck into, yes. and she'll go. Oh, I think I've overcooked that a bit. And, right. Oh, maybe I should have done that. And so, oh, oh, did you did you want those? Oh, make, do you want me to go make you something else? It's like it, right. no, sit, eat, it, yeah, and enjoy. you know, admit that you did something, that you accomplished something. 
Well, she always manages to cook everything so that it's all hot at the same time. Whereas I've How still got timing issues where I, I'll have like the main event and uh, the potatoes aren't cooked. So we're just going to have to kind of sit here for another five minutes. Me too. I can't figure that one out either. <laughs> even even if I do make a little spreadsheet for it and do yeah. like, right, put in the potatoes now. <laughs> they don't follow the plan. No. Why would you? Mm. <laughs> so, so those were some really powerful moments. Um, next year, well, first of all, something that we really struggled with was the fact that the only date that we could get on the calendar was a Thursday. Okay. So... That was challenging. Um, you know, people are working. And, and it was amazing because we had people show up who had taken the day off of work. We had people fly in, you know. Um, so we were really lucky that people were willing to do that. But I think that was a great setting for our inaugural event. And next year, um, first things first, we'll have it on a weekend. <laughs> So that we can get a bigger audience. Um, or even better, a Friday, so then you can have a long weekend with it. <laughs> there's an idea. <laughs> the problem is that the problem is that we can't hold it in that room anymore because, I mean, knock on wood. Is it too small? It's too small. And there's not a big, we don't really have a bigger room. So the question is, do we put it outside? Which then creates the classic Seattle conundrum of, A, will it be raining? Probably and B, it's going to be dark at like 4.30. Uh, so well, there is that. Anyway. There's ways around, there's ways around there's these ways. things. Exactly. This is, this is another thing that I've noticed um, from covering, covering Paralympic sports and rallying is um, the attitude is generally, it doesn't matter what the target is or where you're going, you just need to find the way to get there. Yes. You know, even if it's somebody who's um, trying to make sure that the car gets through scrutineering or something yeah. like that at the lower level, there's, there's always a cable tie that will pull them through or something. Yes. Like that. Or you'll see a Paralympic and go off and redesign prosthesis or something else and say, yeah, no, they used to do it like that. But I've found that if I do this, yeah. then I can do it that way. And it's like, OK, yeah, it's not a case of, well, we won't be able to do it. It's just how do we do yeah. it? And no, I, I find that very, very inspiring from both both sports. As I say, I do find so many linking, um, so so many things that link uh, yeah. with between Paralympic sport and, and rallying. And it's basically because it's all about can do. Absolutely. Yes. And that that's an attitude that we definitely have. I think that um, we just have to get creative. <laughs> yeah. So we are seeing the WIM banner on the top of the Dirtfish menu. If you go to dirtfish.com, that's going to be there for the year. We're going to still have plenty of content appearing on the site, yeah? Yes. So if you just head to dirtfish.com and press the WIM tab, we've got all of our women, uh, you know, female-centered articles are there in one place. Um, and all content. Interviews with Michelle Mouton are on there and everything. So that's that's a gold mine, definitely. <laughs> and then the other thing that we are currently working on adding, our wonderful Alistair on the British team, is working on building um, a new page under the WIM tab, which I guess I can just spoiler alert, which will have all of our all women's driving days coming up. They'll live on that site. Nice. So that's nice another announcement that we are not <laughs> done with the women's, you know, women's the Women in Motorsport initiative did not end just, at the end. Of it has just started. You've just turned the key yes. in the engine. Yes. So we already have three new dates for all women's driving days. Those are going to be announced in the coming days. Um, one in June, one in December, one in I August. I think they might already have popped up, actually. I think when I was having a little nose on the website. I guess we'll see. <laughs> 
I but can't people, keep up. When you get a notification that they've sold out again. Exactly. So. Yeah. Brilliant. So, I have to say the December one, brilliant Christmas present. That's what I thought. And, and do you get snow at that time of year? Are we talking about a little bit of... We uh, might. So oh. we don't tend to get too much snow, but last year we got a huge, huge dump and... We ran classes anyway, and um, the students were like... You need to get like, somebody over from Sweden to build you some snowbanks. Now, there's an idea. We'll need to call Patrick Sandal, yeah. Get, get Penilla to come over. Penilla can Penilla come can over. Do she, it. she can do anything. Well, so, yeah, she can. <laughs> she can tell us how to uh, how to orchestrate them, how to drive them, more importantly, and not park the nose in and disappear in exactly. to start climbing out. Yes, exactly. Back to the David Evans story of him trying to take a shortcut in Sweden and um, accidentally falling in a river and nearly drowning. I don't think I've he... heard that story. Oh, well, you need to get him to tell okay. you it in person. But the, the shortcut is that he didn't want to walk all the way round, so was persuaded by another journalist to take a shortcut in this very deep, very white, very flat snow and just disappeared into the snow because it was a river underneath. Yeah, he could have used Pernilla there. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Or just his brain. Or Yeah, you know, he struggles with that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it, was ne- it was nearly very nasty for old, poor old Beckham, but we've still got him. He's still with us. Well, I'm glad he's um, around because, well, he's probably less glad that he was around during Women's Month because I think I called him once a day <laughs> for the entire <laughs> month. And I will Good. say... Get him to earn his money. <laughs> right. Just to put on, like... Um, the ally note for a second. Um, David has been the whole British team, but David has been instrumental in making Women's Month work, and he's a man. <laughs> But he understands completely what power he does hold. And he is actively using it to help us make the most out of our women in motorsport efforts as possible. So just a quick shout out there. David's definitely a feminist, whether or not he'll say. <laughs> uh, good good for him. He is, I have to say, he's, he's a good friend as well. So I think a good friend to all of us, which is yeah. great. And David, we're not going to say these nice things no, to your face. So just, just pretend we haven't said them. <laughs> Josie Rimmer, thank you so much for your time. I'm very much looking forward to next year already. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll, I'll sneak out and come and have a little race around the circuits yes, at please. some point. That would be amazing. We need, Yeah, we need to have you there. We need you doing your Olympic-style commentating for the event. Oh, I'd love to do yeah, that. That'd, that'd be amazing. amazing. <laughs> yes, that's my contribution. Beautiful. Make everybody sound fabulous. Yes. Because they'll be looking fabulous anyway. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lisa.